Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, I cut that way too early. I had another video I was going to share. Where is it at? It's on here somewhere. Did I delete it? I don't know what I did with it. But anyways, um, we've got an awesome guest on tonight. And I'm sure a lot of you know already coming into this who I'm talking about. Um, but let's see here. Um, yeah, so I mean, uh, we've promoted it, we've promoted it, we've promoted it, and we've talked about it, and then promoted it some more, and then talked about it some more. Um, but we will get to that here in a second. Um, I do want to go through the ad reads real quick, and then I'll get to that video. I just found it. Um, but we'll do this real quick, and then we'll get into the, the real fun stuff, the real nitty gritty, the meaty, the meaty part of it. Because you can't have your pudding if you don't have your meat. <laughs> Uh, you can find us on all these platforms, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. Uh, also, if you're on any of the platforms live, like YouTube, Facebook, um, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Um, you know That way you know when we go live and we have awesome content like this in the future. Also, if you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any of the podcasting platforms, leave us a review. It really helps us get our reach out there. It lets us... Uh, Reach out and touch more people. Not in the creepy Not Joe Biden way. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. LP Veterans Caucus, Leading Libertarians and Veteran Issues, Leading Veterans to Libertarian Solutions. We've got the merch, all this stuff here, like the one I'm wearing here. Ban assault government, because there's nothing more dangerous than a government. Uh, we've got the Lunatic Libertarian. You're going to find him on those same platforms like this. Boom. All those ones right there. I don't think he does any of the live, like, video ones but he does all the apple podcast google podcast spotify all that good stuff go check him out awesome dude um sponsor the show i mean how much how much better could he be so go check him out uh let's see we've also got go to the website notarealpodcast.com redemption tactical.com use that link this one right here one of these weeks i'll i'll get the backwardsness correct on it Proud Libertarian does all the merch. They're awesome. They're great people. So check it out. Um, but yeah, without further ado, we are going to hop into this video here. And it'll make sense here in a little bit why. Um, why I chose this video and why it'll make sense. A lot of people will wa who watch this show regularly will already know where I'm coming at with this. Um, but we're going to go ahead and play it and uh, we'll get moving. I am Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, Our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to, to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we are concerned about someone trying to be responsible, one-sided news stories, plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 
This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extreme. So the key takeaway is you've got 44 local news stations saying the exact same words in the exact same order. And I think it was within a week of each other, if not on the same day. Um, the reason I preface this episode with this is we all heard about the, the massive train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, for all of about 20 seconds. And then it completely snapped to something else, something stupid, something useless, something to keep us preoccupied with something else. But the reason that that clip is important is the same reason um, our guest tonight is important, because the truth matters, the truth matters, the truth matters. Um, the truth that doesn't get out there as quickly as it should or as effectively as it should or as long as it should. Um, and so it does it, it. People like my guest tonight, Scott Smith, willing to come on these shows, willing to talk to people is why it is so critical that these shows exist, because I'm able to let him just have the spotlight and talk to people unscripted, unmediated, unregulated. He can say whatever he wants to, however he wants to, whatever he feels like. And that is why shows like mine is important, like the Cajun Libertarian, like Eskimo when she was doing her show. All of these smaller podcasts that are out here promulgating truth and giving it to the people un, just en masse, right? So um, without further ado, I am going to bring him on. Um, he is, uh, Christopher Davis says, Operation Mockingbird. We're not going to get into that tonight, but... That is a good example. Um, I mean, Scott, I mean, I'll, I'll just bring him on. I'll let him explain him, like, uh, tell you guys who he is uh, firsthand. But uh, welcome on tonight's guest, uh, Scott Smith. Hey, uh, Bootleg, uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. Hey, I appreciate you coming on, my man. Uh, that intro is interesting, and I went, uh, I saw the title of your show, and and uh, in many ways, I'm going to begin and end tonight with the same positive theme and tell you a little story about East Palestine. In many ways, our entire country is off the rails. Uh, and so I've been in over 60 disasters and I was getting a little tour of East Palestine on a golf cart uh, with an older gentleman I met. And he looked at me and said, Scott, all these great people are coming together this has made me believe in humanity again. And I want to say as much as I've been through and done because of East Palestine, because of the people I have met, and there are experts, and we'll talk about this, reaching out to me from all over the world to help the community. It's actually motivated me and made me believe in humanity and bringing people together again, because this is not about politics. This is about the human race. And we talk about climate change and all those issues that are real but we want to talk about sustainable sustainability if we don't if your community is not sustainable and your health's not sustainable i don't think anything else really matters so i just wanted to kind of start with that we're going to talk about some difficult issues but i see a great hope and there's podcasts like yours to get the truth out so um I've, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk for a full hour, to take questions and get into some serious background 
and some of our latest testing results. Yeah, man, I really appreciate you coming on. I know myself and Susie were really excited about this episode. Um, for those who don't know, Scott's been on channels like Tucker Carlson. He's been on uh, other major news networks like uh, MSNBC. Um, he's 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 taking the time to come out and talk to us because it's important to be out here just reaching as many people as possible. I do I do appreciate you coming on. Um, so Scott, uh, you started your journey into all of this what 17. 17 years ago. ago and I and I sent you a, a one minute video 17 years ago I my business 100 employees wiped out in oil contaminated floodwaters the insurance company declared my manufacturing facility in a basement I liquidated my entire life to to rebuild the company employ the jobs so I I have walked the streets to help them you know employees not knowing how they're going to get baby formula to feed and we came together and went through a lot. And in, in this disaster is where I realized that everything we know about water testing and remediation is seriously flawed. And we'll get into that uh, tonight. And I you sent that one minute, I don't know if you want to play that one minute overview. So, you know, because I, and, and why I do what I do is if I can help a few people or a community not have to go through the horror and the and and the stress that I went through, I'm glad to help. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize, like you know, Scott said it was his business, you know, that was that was targeted. But people don't think about it like this, you know. It wasn't just Scott that was, you know, stood to lose something. It's all the people that work for him, all the people that were, you know, customers of his company. But I mean, I'll, I'll get into the video here. Um, I'll let y'all watch that, um, and we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit afterwards. Had about four feet of water all over the place here, and a lot of it was untreated sewage and contaminated with oil. That was Scott Smith last July, showing me the aftermath of the June 28th flood that caused $5 million in direct damage to Select's equipment and its inventory of plastic foam used in a variety of products. We still have a long way to go, but we're going to make it. This is Scott now, bouncing back 11 months later. Most of his 100 employees are back on the job filling orders. They pulled off absolute miracles. And uh, the FEMA disaster relief people were very complimentary of the workforce from the St. Johnsville area that they had never seen a company get back on their feet in 60 days. We never really thought we'd get back to work after the flood. And uh, they just got everything going. And it was just, it was just you know, tremendous, you know, tremendous how, they, uh, how it all worked out. Scott Smith says it had to get a little creative to get back to this point. To replace some of the equipment like this machine would have cost upwards of $500,000. But by drying motors out, salvaging things, and getting some replacement parts, they managed to do it for about $100,000. Senator Chuck Schumer stepped in. The senator visiting Wednesday for the first time, pledging all the help he can give to Scott and other business owners like him to enable them to rebuild disaster-ravaged businesses. So there's a lot to do. And he, just as he's been a fount of knowledge for Select, he's a fount of knowledge for a senator trying to figure out how we can help businesses grow. In St. Johnsville, Walt McClure, Fox 23 News. You know, Bootleg, I'd, I'd like to make a point, you know, that disaster recovery, it didn't matter what political leanings were. Chuck Schumer, the Republican governor, everybody worked together. Uh, and we need to get back to that in this country. We really do. Everyone needs to come together 
and uh, we need to put our country back on the rails. Yeah, I mean, when, when you have catastrophes like what we've seen in East Palestine or, um, you know, just all over the nation, it seems like uh, for two or three weeks there, I mean, even still now we're seeing trains uh, going off track and spilling stuff everywhere. It shouldn't be politicized. These are people's homes, people's lives that are being ruined and politicizing it and pointing fingers and blaming someone and making political hay out of it isn't helping anyone. It's it's just it's just theater where people are dying uh, for real. I mean. So I agree that it, it needs to start being about the people of America and not, um, you know, career progression. And that's why I say that, you know, that was a very powerful statement riding on that golf cart about believing in humanity again. I, In over 60 disasters, I've never had so many experts reach out to me. Medical doctors are volunteering, dioxin experts going back 30, 40 years of experience. They're all willing to aid and help interpretation of results and help the community in any way. And that's a very good thing. Yeah. So you, uh, you took what happened to you, um, in New York with your business. Um, and you kind of, uh, created another business off of that. Then you, uh, you created, uh, this company. Um, it was called, cause that's a variety of thing now I forget names. Like it's, well, it's called. I created an open cell foam technology. When when that disaster happened, there was a medical foam that was approved as a, 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 a you know a, a device. So if there's a sarin gas attack with our troops, the U.S. Army originally applied for what's called an FDA 510K, and this foam was approved as a medical device. So if our troops are exposed to sarin gas and other things, they rip open the pouch they they scrub their skin and it neutralizes the sarin gas and they don't die and that material was sitting in the corner sucking up all the oil and that's when i learned these white plastic booms and single white pads they don't work and um and then i said you know when the insurance company didn't pay if i'm going to take all this risk and liquidate my life i tend to get very obsessive and passionate about things so I got very obsessive and passionate about oil and water and and figuring things out. Um, and also, I want to say that I realized you see this when you take a grab sample. It's from a surface of water. The testing only tells you what's in this sample. And if you take it from the surface, you get what's called what's a false non-detect. So that's the importance of independent testing. And I have an expression saying that life exists in the water column beneath the surface above the bottom. And a fish doesn't swim in the water for a split second. A human doesn't bathe in the water. You don't go, the kids don't play in the sex. So when you take these split second samples, you've got to be able to take testing for the entire water column. And you got to be able to take for, you know, time weighted average. So I developed a lot of those things and then roll forward. So I, you know, got the company back up and running and obviously uh, came, became obsessed with oil and water. Then BP happened. And then I took this technology that I discovered in my own disaster into the Gulf and BP was able to utilize it. It was the subject of a USA Today uh, cover story with BP. Uh, BP uh, validated the technology and they didn't have to burn hundreds of miles of marshland because they were able to remove the, the oil and water. So meanwhile, um, 
I started to go to all these disasters and try to help communities is my passion um, and develop things and uh, roll forward to 2022. I sold a couple of my patents to a company called Eco Integrated Technologies and I became chief sustainability officer. And as part of my employment agreement, I have a budget. I go into communities. We go and we test for free. But I'll go back to that. And Chuck Schumer, if you go back to that first slide, I didn't know this existed. The SBA Phoenix Award, Chuck, Senator Chuck Schumer and a variety of other elected officials nominated me for this award. And I uh, it was the Bush White House at the time. I went down there. Uh, where I was given the Phoenix Award for for helping my employees and restoring, I would you know I didn't even know this existed. So um, that's that's a little bit of the background. Um, but part of what I'm doing now in my role in my employment agreement is we go into communities and we help. We don't want any money for. We provide free testing. We give it to the residents. We work with other experts because we will get into the issues with class, some of the class action attorneys. They're not providing the detailed results to the residents. They're holding back, they're putting conditions on them. And we'll get into tax exempt corporations, AKA nonprofits, which really don't exist. So if you wanna to go to the next uh, slide, uh, that's just some background for the viewers. So you can see there I am, you know, I, at the time, I think it was an iPhone two in 2010, I went into the Gulf, I chartered a boat and the captain said, I said, take me to the oil. And he said, well, happy to take your money, many other people. And I put the material in the water. Again, this is the medical foam that was sitting in the factory during the flood and it started removing the oil. And, uh, I was packing up actually on my way back to the new orleans airport and i got a phone call from a gentleman named dave Kennard, the site leader from bp and said are you scott smith i said yeah can you turn around and then you can see what bp did in the gulf of the, you can see the material pulling in all the oil where the single use white plastic pad is not so that's a little bit of background about if it weren't for my own oil flood disaster i probably wouldn't have scaled up this technology in the way i did yeah, I wanted to bring this, the the PowerPoint up now because uh, you were talking about the uh, we were talking about this uh, Aquaflex pad that you're you're talking about there. Um, I mean, you can see like in this picture here, there's a stark difference that the pad, the the Aquaflex pad, is pulling, um, you know, all the oil to it, and it may not absorb all of it in that photo there, but I mean, it's it's already pushing it into one smaller area where you can throw another one down and it pulls up the rest of it. That that white pad, it looks like, I mean. No offense to whoever came up with that thing, but it looks like it's just more debris that they're throwing on top of the water. That's not really doing much. Um, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, just looking at it without any context, you can tell which one's doing the work and which one's not. Yeah, and we have a lot of test results. And we need uh, this is good background, and I'll just say a little bit more before we get on to East Palestine. So you can reuse this stuff and put it on recycling barges. I actually had death threats in the Gulf. BP was great to work with. They were really trying to do the right thing. And uh, I really, you know, somebody challenges me, I, I get right back. I don't, I don't, it, it makes me want to um, succeed even more. And I was told point blank, we don't want to, by the contractors, we don't want to get the oil out of the water. 
Uh, we'll lose 80% of our revenue. We'll never use anything. We, we own the landfills. We make more money by ex not getting the oil out of water and filling landfills. And I can tell you, <laughs> um, both political parties, uh, I sat in the Ritz-Carlton in Louisiana. I refused the pay-to-play game because, in my opinion, elected officials should do the right thing. And we all talk about sustainability in the environment. So I would say this was 2010. So 13 years ago, I was a little naive. I thought you have this technology, everyone wants something sustainable, but then you get into the reality of the situation and disrupting people's uh, margins and in, in the big companies. And that gets into the undue influence. That's where it applies to railroads, and the exercising of undue influences with lobbyists and false narratives and all that. Yeah, um, I, I mean, a lot of a lot of my viewers know that um, government bullies big or little business into submission, and then big business bullies government into submission. Um, I mean, anyone who thinks that the government's running the show is wrong. Uh, large corporations always, always, always run it all. Um, you know, you look at any anything that happens, there's always some lobbyist or someone in the shadows that's writing this or promising money or whatever it is that's trying to do these things. And it, it ends up, unfortunately, uh, stifling guys like Scott who are trying to do the right thing for the right reasons, but because there's no money in it or someone's going to lose money, then they try to shelf it or they try to silence people. They, unfortunately, sometimes people have gone missing um, because of it. So, uh, you know, it it does come down to needing to make sure that. In, in bootleg, this has been going on. I tell every people to watch the movie about Tucker, Preston Tucker. He invented, back after World War II, he invented airbags, seatbelts, dislock, di, di, you know, uh, breaking systems that could have saved a lot of lives but he was he was run out of town and he died of a heart attack and bankrupt because he had such disruptive technology that was a threat to the auto industry and they used their influence over the journalists to run a smear campaign on him so you know this whether it's me or anybody else that's that's the power of what you are doing in the media that's the power of social media because the little guy can even the playing field quickly with the big companies. And that's why it's just so powerful with what you're doing and being on social media and educating communities. I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was, uh, I can't remember which news outlet it was, but basically they ran a, an article about how, extremists have taken to podcasting as a way of expressing their views. Um, I mean, they call us extremists because we don't believe their narrative, but I mean, yeah, because we don't, there is no voice. There is no real American voice in, in mainstream media. There is no real American voice anywhere, but on social media. And even that's dwindling. And um, we're seeing a lot of that go away. And so podcasting, whether no matter what show it is, I mean, people are actually able to get their own voice out there and people can, agree with it um but yeah it is it is getting wild um so one other thing i did want to bring up um was a was a 
nitsy little quote I wanted to go over um, before we get into the, the East Palestine thing is, uh, you know, the only thing to fear is not being able to not being told the truth about what what is really in the water and the soil and on the surfaces. Um, as we all know, medical decisions are best made with the doctor, not by a doctor. Um, so if people know what kind of contamination is in their water, what's in on their kids uh, playground, what's on their kids toys or all what's on their car, all of these things, what the ground that they walk on. If they know what chemicals they're being exposed to, they can then go to their doctor and say, hey, you know, I've been exposed to this. What's the treatment? The doctor's like, cool, that's fine. We can we can handle it this way. Um, but people aren't being told this information like Scott kind of touched on a little bit earlier. So it, if, if they're not doing good testing or if they're just hiding information outright, this is basically, in, in essence, you know, I don't want to say murder, but I mean, they're getting people killed by the omission of truth. They're, they're omitting key facts that would keep people safe. And they're doing it either because they're trying to protect the big business that caused the spill or B, um, they just don't care enough about people. Let's see. Yeah. And I want to, um, as we talk about East Palestine, I want to talk about in 2022, I became chief sustainability of eco integrated technologies. And I really have to credit the CEO of that company, Just Ray Booth, the CFO, Walter Carlson, and the board of directors led by Mark Tim and others, that this is a whole new model for a good corporate citizen. You know, you should go into communities. And if you do the right thing, it's not only to help people, it's not only good for business, it's it's good for your soul. And it's, you know, and we're trying to set new standards. So I'm really fortunate to be part of a company and investors that get the long-term view. In this world, if we're going to have a sustainable world, it starts with sustainable communities. And that's why I have a passion, and this is part of what I do to help communities like East Palestine, because we have to step in and get all the experts. Uh, if you don't have sustainable health, like I said, nothing else matters. So uh, you were talking about a little bit earlier, and I wanted to ask you a little bit more. Um, so you talked about, you know, getting a surface sample isn't good enough. Um, do you know what the EPA, like when they, the EPA goes in to do testing on water, what is their procedure? Like, how do they do their testing? Because you, you mentioned that you'll make, you'll take multiple samples from like deeper in the water That's versus a, just as top. That is a great question. And I also want to say, I know Norfolk Southern has hired a community listener. We don't know who he or she is at this point, but I want to say hi to the community listener. I'm sure they're listening to this. And I want to say hi to the EPA. And I want to reinforce that my public offers remain open. Join me in East Palestine, East Palestine, side by side, to test together and share the data. And I can tell you right now, I've got the EPA accepts all my testing results. But right now, the EPA has provided spreadsheets. If you see what I do within the residents that I'm testing for, um, have the detailed lab reports by the EPA certified independent lab. But we don't know the exact locations. We don't know the methods. We don't have the detailed testing reports yet with the EPA. Now, they may be out there. I just haven't seen them. But to my knowledge, they're not there. And you ask a great question. And I, you know, there's a difference between truth and the facts. Again, back 
the fact is, if I take this and I go into Sulphur Run or Leslie Run in the creeks, and I look for the clear part on the top and I take this, I'm of course going to get, oh, there's no contaminants in here. That's what I call a false non-detect. So what we do is we take the sediment on the bottom, we take the creek bank, and we take samples from the whole water column, top, middle, and bottom. And that's that's how, because there, there's one thing that that I learned in my own disaster, we have all these water standards in the country. And the problem is our water standards are assume that water and contamination is a closed loop or constantly in e equilibrium. So, and I know Susie Q who reached out to me is a chemist and we've talked about this and that's a flawed assumption because water and contamination aren't in equilibrium. You cannot draw definitive conclusions that water and soil and air, none of it is. You can't draw definitive conclusions from a few samples. Yeah, science basically, and I did take some science classes in college, science is basically reaffirming uh, a thesis multiple, multiple times. And you're actually looking for a way to disprove your own theory in a lot of ways. Um, and it doesn't seem like a lot of the testing that's come out versus some of the stuff that I've seen otherwise is showing that they're trying to disprove their own theory, which is obviously they're trying to cover for Norfolk Southern as much as they can. Um, now, so one question I do, this is a personal question for me because I'm, I'm really interested in this. So I did work at a, a chemical plant for a few years and occasionally and there's a, there's quite a few chemical plants around where I live at. And occasionally you can see, uh, I guess they call it a sheen on the water. So like, you'll see like this almost discoloration in the water, like almost like, like when you get oil in water or something, like it has like that rainbow look to it. Um, so in these sections of East Palestine where you were testing, is that something you could see? Or is it something like it was just so diluted by then you really couldn't see it? Well, you, we, we saw the sheen when we were in the creek. And I want to say that's why we test, because there can be what we call biological sheen that is relatively harmless. But I can tell you that the sheen in East Palestine, from what I tested, was definitely oil and related chemicals. Okay. That's, yeah, so that's one thing I just, because I know you did mention like a clear part of the water. I just didn't know if it was like just muddy looking water or if it had that sheen to it or what it was um so uh let's see here did you want to go into some of the other content you sent me um i do have this one where you were testing at a children's playground yeah and what what here here is to my knowledge there may be other independent people doing and but i that the you want to test as humans encounter it. So children's playground and surfaces. And you had the plume with all the fallout, you know, uh, depositing on surface and in soil. So we just got the first results from a, a, a homeowner that has a, a children's playground from the surfaces. And if you want to, if you want to show that, then I can talk about it a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. We'll roll this clip. And, you know, you can see there we're, we're taking that, that, that that's with a lab protocol and taking the surface samples. And we had a broad spectrum of dioxins that were present. And the issue with dioxins 
is they bioaccumulate in your body. They're persistent in the environment. They don't go away. So drawing conclusions that they're ubiquitous in the environment without having proper controls is just a false narrative. And um, I've had a doctor from California reach out to me that is now reviewing this data, and she's been very helpful in laying out why you cannot declare the community safe the way that has been declared without the data and why you need to test blood, you need to test urine, and we need to identify the chemicals, the dioxins, and also what's called the semi-volatile organic compounds so that people that aren't feeling well can go to their doctors and say, hey, here's the chemicals, here's what I believe I was exposed to, um, how can you help me? And there's in that, what I just showed you was March 8th. And what you will see is March 9th, you will see me taking soil samples from someone's yard near the school. And you can hear children playing in the background. And to my knowledge, the EPA and the railroad or the contractors are not taking any kind of samples like this or any in these areas. And they're unfortunately trying to dismiss this. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that the people I talk to in the EPA are all good people and the workers and the scientists. The problem is, is the public relations people and the lobbyists. If they would just get out of the way and let the scientists at the EPA and the other agencies speak the truth, they'd be amazed at how much trust they build in the community and how much money the railroad would save. Yeah, I mean, and if you watch the video and you pay attention, I mean, it's not like he's taking a small strip sample. I mean, he looks like he's cleaning the top of that toy, whatever that was, like a little uh, locomotive-looking thing. Um, he was basically taking a massive surface sample. Um, so sitting there saying that, you know, it's a faulty test or there's not enough, uh, you know, of a sample on that would be uh, asinine. Because, I mean, it's a huge surface. Um, obviously, kids, I've got two. Susie's got two. They love, first thing they love doing is touching something, putting their hands in the mouth. That's what they do. And if there's chemicals on it, touch it, mouth. Now they've ingested it. Now it's even worse. By the um, way, that's so yes. a proper protocol from the lab and the proper surface sample. So, and that's accepted. The EPA accepts my results as valid. And the big battle is going to be over the interpretation and that's why I'm surrounded by a great team of experts. I've got experts that have 30 to 40 years of experience and medical and, and, and medical experts. But I have an expression too, you can't find what you don't look for. It's that simple. If you're not going to look for what's on the surfaces or what's in the soil, you're never going to find it. And that's part of what I call there's facts and then there's truth. I'm after the truth. The fact is whether it's the EPA or any of the state agencies, you can take a soil sample going to a landfill and claim it's okay, but you cannot make the truth is that has nothing to do with human exposure and surfaces and furnace filters. And we'll, you know, I'll let you get to the furnace filters too, because if you want to know what people have been breathing in, other than taking a cutting someone's chest open and taking a biopsy of their lung, the next best thing, is the furnace filter. What is in that furnace filter? 
and we got our first results of the furnace filter last you know in the last 24 hours and we're seeing again a, spe a spectrum of dioxins let's see here i've got the furnace filter but i'm i've <laughs> so the the software i use takes only one kind of video format and for some reason this one didn't get converted but i've got it right here i can pull it up okay and then we will go back here then we'll share it there we go and i apologize to anybody on the audio version you might not be able to see any of this you can always go back and watch this episode later on youtube or whatever if you want to see what's going on um but i'll go ahead and play this video real quick putting the gloves on safety first well that's also to make sure that the sample is kept clean and this is what this is a special hexane infused wipe from the laboratory i use urofins and we're swabbing the surface and a lot of these see this whole thing about concentrations this was march 9th when i took this so i compare this to like there's a murder in your house and there's a little splatter of blood on the wall and you're able to identify the murder victim. Same with thing with chemicals. And this narrative about, oh, the concentrations are safe is just false because the experts I'm working with, when we know this was a month later, in the mere presence of these dioxins is potentially a big issue. So then we have to look at, okay, if it's present in the furnace filter and it's not present in areas outside of East Palestine that weren't subject to the fallout from the plume, then we can have the experts calculate what the exposures were back near the derailment, the time of the derailment. And, and the whole issue bootleg is, is if you are the responsible party and the PR people running the show, let there be no doubt about it. The problem in all these 60 disasters is the PR firms are paid millions and millions of dollars. You can call them public information officer, whatever they want to call themselves, community listeners, all that stuff. They know that if they keep this going long enough and delay things, that it will hopefully just go away. And that may have that playbook may have worked before, but there's something completely different about East Palestine. I think the world is getting educated. I think it's social media, it's podcasts like yours. And I will say, even to credit to the mainstream media too, with the so-called mainstream media, they are actively engaged. They want to learn about this stuff because they just didn't have a clue about how water testing is flawed and how some of this stuff is flawed. Yeah, I think a lot of the people, and I think you did touch on it earlier, is that uh, a lot of people at the lower levels, especially, really care about what's going on, whether it's at the EPA or whether it's at news organizations or whatever it is. They really care and they really do want to get these people help. It's the people in the higher ups, the upper echelons, the people that stand to lose something um, that are trying to silence us. Uh, as we remember, the, the, uh, the federal government basically for a long time was denying any kind of aid to the people of East Palestine because they were like, oh, it's fine. There's nothing wrong. They're, they're saying that the levels are fine, whatever. We don't care. But the problem is, is that's not necessarily the truth. And whether it's they don't, the people at that level didn't care or they're being fed bad information, the end result is still the same. These people are not getting the help that they need to be able to live their lives safely. 
because you can't just pack up and move. I mean, housing costs across the nation are outrageous. You can't just sell a house in a disaster zone and expect to be able to move anywhere you want to because you'll probably never sell that house, or at least for not for a few years. So um, we do have to make sure that this information is getting out and we have to make sure that it is truthful. Like you said, you know, we have to make sure that the truth is getting out there, that these people know how to take care of themselves and protect themselves from this. Uh, Kristen here says that she's one of the experts working with Scott. Yes, Kristen Megan is very, very helpful. And she's been guiding me. She's OSHA trained toxicologist and she served in the military. And uh, she's been a godsend to me and guiding me through this process and also helping with recommendations on personal pr protection equipment and everything else. Because I did go into the creek and did some you know, early on in February to figure out what was in the creek and what was in the creek bank and what was in the settlement. Nice. Um, let's see here. We've also got this is one of the things I want to bring up too for the it, for the community that is listening. Now, one of the things I've seen that, and I'm very critical of journalists too in the media. There is no such thing as a nonprofit. And I sent you a screenshot of a form 990. Could you put that up? Because yes, I've actually got that right here. The community in East Palestine, return of organization exempt from income tax. Now, there's public companies, private companies that serve their shareholders. A lot of people don't understand this and journalists need to do a better job. They should never use the word nonprofit. They should use tax exempt organization and they should go to the Form 990. So if you live in East Palestine and you see the these under the guise of a nonprofit, you can pull up the Form 990. Why? Because they don't pay taxes. Who do they report to? All of us taxpayers. So I teach communities how to read a Form 990. And you're not going to believe it. You know, I live on Cape Cod. We have algae blooms and all stuff. I try to give stuff. They won't take it. And, and the issue is these... A lot of these quote nonprofits that are that appear as though they're trying to save the world, they don't want solutions. They want continued taxpayer grants. And what they do now, there are great nonprofits. I'm, I'm only, you know, I'm not talking about all tax exempt organizations, but you will see them show up in these disasters and then use the affected community and these residents to raise money. And what you can get on the Form 990, you can see the executives paying themselves, not 100,000, not 200, not, a, not you know, two, 300,000 a year. So then, then they use the, the, like East Palestine, they use the communities to raise money and the residents don't see that. So I encourage everybody, when you see a quote, nonprofit showing up in the community, immediately ask them for their tax Form 990. And you want to look at where all the money's going. Wow. It sounds like they're using the, the mega church model. Like they're not paying the taxes, but they're paying themselves fairly well. Um, yeah. yeah and, I mean, and the thing is, is they don't pay income tax, but they're in business. They are making money. And hmm. one of the problems in the mainstream media is they end up promoting these as if, and, and, and the public then thinks that everyone's a volunteer and I don't begrudge anybody from making a living and doing, but they need to have truthful disclosure. 
that they're an organization exempt from taxes and they report to the taxpayers and here's what we're doing. So, you know, this is about the public getting educated and holding these organizations accountable. A lot of them, there's a lot of great uh, tax exempt organizations, quote, nonprofits out there that are doing great work for communities, but there are some big ones that squeeze out the genuine ones. Yeah. So I do have a question from the audience, if you don't mind answering it. Um, I don't okay. know that they all have the answer for this either. It's this is this question is way above my pay grade. I'll be honest. Um, but if you don't mind answering it, I'll I'll put it up here. Scott. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Um, it, uh, Christopher Davis says, "Is there any of the tests coming up positive for phosphagene?" Uh, some have stated vinyl chloride burning creates phosphagene. Well, on the phosgene, we we have not tested for the phosgene because you've got to have special air testing. We did not do air testing. So, but if phosgene was there, this is where I have the team of experts like Kristen Megan and others. As phosgene gets consumed and combines with other chemicals some of these other by, byproducts I understand are indicators for phosgene. Great question. And I'm going to try to get more technical answers as a follow-up. Okay. Um, so I'll be honest, chemistry is not my thing. Luckily I'm dating a, a gorgeous chemist uh, myself. So she's able to break down a lot of this stuff for me. Um, so a lot of the results that you have had, um, did you want to break down some of the, the testing results that you've seen, uh, some of what's going on, like, science-wise? Yeah, and I don't know if you want to show some screenshots that I sent you of of the test reports of the summary. Uh, that's in the PowerPoint, wasn't it? No, it's not. It's on, It's on. I think it's number six or number seven. It's a subfolder in the Dropbox. Ooh. Uh, I'll have to pull that up. Let's see here. Okay, I got it right here. Dropbox. I don't remember seeing a subfolder, but I'm also kind of an idiot too. So let's see. That's okay. I can. Oh, I can. yep. I got it right here. Oh, wow. Yeah, you got it. You so, got it. I, I numbered them in order so you could go through them and see. You, you n number one through seven, and you can you can put them briefly up on the screen, and I can talk about them if that's okay. Yeah, I've got number one right here. And it might be hard for people to read, but you know, but uh, you know, this is how I release results to residents, and you can see what I say first and foremost. No matter what the testing results there are, there is no need for anyone to panic because once we know what is really in the water, soil, and on surfaces including furnace filters, people that may be suffering health effects have the information necessary for their doctor to treat them and the contamination can be remediated properly, efficiently, and rapidly. The only thing to fear is not being told the truth about what is really in the water, in the soil, and on surfaces. So again, this is about a screening and you don't want to get sidetracked in the concentration game that it's safe because this testing, a lot of this testing is three weeks to a month out. It's about the presence of these chemicals. You can go to the next one. 
and the and on on the next one I that you know you see highlighted in yellow it talks about water and contamination and soils and surfaces never being an equilibrium and why you need to test a lot of data points the full water column multiple surfaces furnace filters and everything else and now you can go to the next one and you can see here the you know the dioxins on the children's playground surfaces these are listed of what the dioxins are present now experts tell me and again we have a lot more data to review the big argument is going to be the railroad and and potentially federal agencies and state agencies are going to say this is ubiquitous in the environment that's why we're taking control samples the expert team around me is saying you know the fingerprint or this spectrum of dioxins should not be there. And as we get more data, we will continue to get to the truth. You can go to the next one. So real quick, uh, before we start talking about the next one, um, for people who aren't really privy to what a lot of this stuff is, what are dioxins and why do they matter? Yeah, dioxins, the best way to explain it is, uh, let me put it into, con. you know, I call dioxins the fentanyl of chemicals, and here's why. You know, um, it wouldn't take much powder on a surface of fentanyl to kill you or me. Uh, and there have been incidents where, you know, police officers and people that have done raids have accidentally touched it and it, and it goes, you know, dermal absorption to their skin. And the reason why I say that is, in all the disasters I've been to, I'm used to looking at concentrations of oil and related chemicals, parts per million, parts per billion. And very rarely you see parts per trillion, which you, you hear about that chemical PFAS. But dioxins are measured in parts per quadrillion. That is almost incomprehensible for a human to actually understand that. That's uh, that is, uh, you know, a thousand parts per trillion. So the concentrations are so low in that dioxins bioaccumulate. Some of these other chemicals, you can purge them from your system. You can get treatments from the doctor and they will go away over time. Dioxins stay with you forever and they bioaccumulate. That's why um, the medical doctor that reached out to me, it's very important about what was in people's baseline in their bodies and what they were exposed to, potentially exposed to as a result of this derailment and the and the burn. Does that hopefully that helps put things into proper context? Yeah, so I mean, I guess I can do some research on this myself. So these dioxins, what would be like side effects of them? Um, was it, are they carcinogens or are they like, do they cause heart failure? Yeah. Like what kind of things can people expect from them? There's a whole spectrum of, uh, of whether the, whether it's the dioxins or some of these other chemicals, you know, burning when you breathe in, you know, nasal congestion, uh, mental fogginess, um, rashes, breakouts, uh, fatigue. And, uh, you know, the experts I talked to that, small children, women that are pregnant, women that are breastfeeding, the experts are very concerned about those individuals. Uh, 
and you know genetic mutations is a whole host of issues that goes on and on and on with these chemicals okay yeah i mean it's it's crazy because i mean like you said you know this isn't stuff that they're you know it's not like a house fire where they'll have smoke inhalation and they'll they'll get outside and get some fresh air and they'll feel better after a few days or a few weeks this is stuff that'll live with them for the rest of their lives doesn't matter how much exposure they've had that exposure will stay with them until the day that they die right yes yes that's what i'm told wow that's gee that's I mean, so like you said earlier, I mean, you treated it like a crime scene, but at this point, from what we're seeing, I mean, it basically was a crime scene. I mean, this is basically someone who has made a massive uh, mistake or accident, whatever you can call it, but down the road, it's going to kill what probably thousands of people because of this pre prematurely from what they should have. Well, that's why we're trying to get the right medical experts involved now to try to help the community as rapidly as possible. Um, I have a Zoom call with one of the key doctors that reached out to me on Saturday. Hopefully she'll be able to get engaged and get this community help. And one of the other things about, you know, these types of disasters, you know, everyone was familiar with that recent Murdaugh trial in North Carolina. It's, it's, it's the way I compare this to, you can call it the fox in charge of the hen house, but, or whatever. But it's like having a murder trial with the murderers in charge of the DNA testing. And the court accepts that. So the murderer takes the DNA testing and says, we can tell you it was a human being that killed another human being, but we're not doing the detailed testing to tell you which human being. That's the best analogy. Wow. So now, that, the... that would never be acceptable in a murder trial. It shouldn't be acceptable in a contamination event. The responsible party should not be in charge in calling the shots on the testing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's I, I hate to get, get into this kind of stuff here, but I mean, it's a lot like when people hear that an officer who has done something wrong is being investigated by other cops. People get a little skittish about it because they're like, look, that's cops investigating people they work next to. I don't know that I trust these results. But I mean, that's 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 essentially what it is. I mean, it's people who are going golfing with their buddies on the weekend who are the same buddies who caused this. It's just, yep. geez, it's just, God. The further down the rabbit hole you get, the worse it gets. And what you're seeing here is the semi-volatile organic compounds in in the soil. And you can see, and just just in in this house where I tested. It's not in equilibrium. You're seeing a different set of SVOCs in the front versus the back. And so these are results just from that that uh, that furnace filter. You know, the, the, this is from the soil right here, not the furnace filter. Oh, but keep, okay. I'm sorry. Keep going. We'll get to the furnace filter. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see it now. It says for, uh, soil front or as follows. Okay. Yeah, and there's the dachshunds. And yeah, if you would go to the next one, please. See, here you can see the back soil on the same property, you know, isopropyl benzene, trichlorophenol. In that back part, there's a video that I think the audience would want to see. You can hear children playing in the background as I took these soil samples. And to my knowledge, this resident has reached out over and over again to the EPA and been crying out for testing 
but no one has tested other than me. And that that's just not right. And I have gone on record inviting invited uh, the agencies to test side by side with me. And that invitation remains open. I mean, they can't say that they don't have the funding for it. I mean, the EPA has billions and billions of dollars at their disposal to do these testings, and um, Scott's out here doing it for free. I mean, it's it's, but that that video you were talking about the uh, soil testing video, we'll we'll get into that here now. Oh, that is an image. That is not the video. Yeah, this there's. Now we're taking the backyard. Yeah, like Scott said, you can hear, you can actually see if you look in the background there, you can hear them and see them playing in the background. So, I mean, this is, that's probably what, maybe 100, 150, maybe 200 yards away. So, I mean, that, that plume that came off the fire and the explosion would have easily covered both of those distances. It's not like this house particularly would have been, uh, you know, 10 times more contaminated than that field is. And those kids are out there running around playing in it. I guarantee you someone falls, rolls around in it. It's getting skin uh, skin contacts where it's got dermal uh, insertion or whatever the correct absorption. And, I mean, it's just – those results are not – I mean, they look a lot like that other one that you were saying. I mean, it's just – it's a long laundry list of just chemicals that are just there that I, I, can, I can look at it and not be a scientist and say that probably 90% of those should not be there and they're really harmful. Yeah, and the big argument is going to be then they're ubiquitous in the environment. Well, if they're ubiquitous in the environment, my response to the agencies is then why don't you test side by side? Why don't you test furnace filters? And I've tested, you know, I've I've only have a fraction of the results and a lot more is going to come in over the next 30 to 45 days. So I'm taking what we call control samples outside of East Palestine. And that's going to that's going to also tell us a lot. And for people who don't know what control samples are, basically you're, you're taking an initial sample and then everything you take beyond that, well, you'll compare it to that initial control sample. Because um, if you're wanting to do testing and controlled testing, you control your own testing methods. You take all of your own results, compare them to your other results. You don't take someone else's results and say, okay, I'm going to compare mine to those. Basically what Scott's doing is he's saying, this is my baseline. Everything beyond here is what we're going to compare to this spot here. Um, and so if, if uh, like in two months, they go back and test again and the results are only slightly lower, then you know, then you know that those levels have been contained for a good while. Um, obviously, there may have been a small drop off from the initial event, but man, I mean, just holy crap, dude. <laughs> just no. Well, it, you can't find what you don't look for. If you don't want to know what people are breathing in, don't look in the furnace filters. If you don't know, you want to know what children are touching in the playground, then they don't test the surfaces. If you don't, you don't want to know what children are playing in in the soil in your backyard, what you're growing in your garden, then you don't test the soil. It's really that simple. Jeez. I mean, it is. The more the more I've looked into what you sent me and Susie, I just you dig into it. And obviously, I don't understand a lot of the science, and she's had to kind of like bootleg 
talked down to me. She's woman explained it to me. Um, <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she Susie explained me. Um, but uh, yeah, it's one of those things. Like it's just the more you look at it, the worse it gets. And you hear people talk about it like it's you know 10, 20 years ago, like it was uh you know the Y two K, like it's oh nobody cares about that anymore. You should because this is still an ongoing thing. This is like you, this is a month later, and the the level that the the test results that are coming back are still really really high, and nobody cares anymore. And it, it's it's astronomical. It, it's just it blows my mind because now you know instead of covering this, there was what seven hours of footage of Donald Trump flying from Florida to New York for whatever stupid reason when they could be covering you and the EPA uh, testing furnace filters, but the EPA won't show up and neither will a lot of these agencies. Uh, I mean, they don't, I don't, I don't, I, I can't say why they're not there. All I know is that they're not there and that Scott Smith is the one out there doing the real work. I can tell you why they're not there again, just whether it's the FBI or the EPA, 95, 97% of the people doing the work. And I know them from all the regions are great people. They will call me behind the scenes and say, I agree with you. If they were allowed just to speak the truth, it's it's the PR people, the narratives, the undue influence from the lobbyists in the PR firms. That is the issue. God bless it, man. It's just, it is wild. Um, there's a map that you sent over as well. It's a, it's a disaster map. And yeah, those are really with my own disaster. Those are over 60 disasters listed where where I've been. And uh, and that's why I can tell you I'm I am despite like I talk about our country being a little bit off the rails. I've never been more optimistic there. There is a turning point with East Palestine, even with the mainstream media and and they want to get educated. They're starting to look and understand the truth, which is very good. Uh, it's long, it's it's long overdue. But I have data out there from all these different disasters from going to all of them. And, uh, you know, anybody that wants to follow up and see some of the data from other disasters, they can just, you know, contact me via Twitter or Facebook. Um, so yeah, so I mean, this is the, this is 60 uh, different sites that Scott's been to. And I mean, obviously, like, that's not all the ones that have happened in the last, you know, 20, 25 years. But 60 is, uh, I mean, that's a very impressive resume. So I mean, anyone who has doubts that Scott knows what he's doing, I mean, 60, 60 disasters he's tested at. And I mean, that's holy crap. And it's not like one area. It's not like it's like a part of New York and sometimes somewhere else. It, that's, that's all over. The, that's all over North America. I mean, you can see some up in Canada, um, Western Canada. Um, you see down there in South. Uh, well, that's California, um, the Midwest. I mean, all over the place. And it's just holy. I mean, it's just it's just. I just don't know what to say. I'm. Like for the first time in a long time, I really don't know what to say. It's just, it's insane. Let's see. Um, Michelle Curry did have a good question. She said, yeah. is the EPA the only ones that can test and who else? Well, any anybody can test. And if you use the right EPA certified independent lab, you can test. I mean, there are other 
um, obviously some attorneys testing, uh, universities are testing, uh, Purdue's doing some good work. So to answer your question, anybody can test. And I do have a dialogue with the EPA and sharing data. And it's as well, my results come in, especially from the controls, it's going to it's going to get very interesting with the EPA, to say the least. Typically, uh, if I'm I mean, from my end of things, typically when you hear water contamination or whatever, usually the first results that they'll give is like, oh, the EPA said this because people recognize the name EPA or the acronym EPA. Um, so I think that's why most people recognize their results more than anybody else, whether it's whether it's the correct testing method or not, we don't know. Um, like you said, they haven't released their process of testing the way that they've been testing. All that we know is what the results have been so far. That's right. That's right. But we will be able to reconcile all of that over the next couple months. Man, that's just, yeah, it's, it's a lot. I mean, I've, I've sh- <laughs> It's, it's, it's been a hard time trying to figure out what we what we wanted to include in this episode because there's just so much that Scott gave us um, as far as like data and numbers and just graphics. There's just so much that he's provided. There's so much that's going on that people aren't talking about. Um, and more than likely, we'll probably have another episode on this here in the, in the next few months just as kind of as a follow-up. And I'd actually love to get... Uh, uh, Kristen on as well, so she could probably talk about it as well too from another perspective. I would encourage I would encourage you to have Kristen Megan on, especially as more of my testing results come out. She can speak to the specific OSHA requirements, the toxicology, and her experience. That would be very very good for your audience to help educate. I highly recommend that. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do that. We'll stay in contact. Obviously, um, we'll as things progress, and we'll follow you on Twitter. Um, if you want to follow Scott or you want to reach out to him, the best way to do it, as he said earlier, is Twitter um, at Water Warrior One. Um, Scott, is there anything else, uh, anywhere else people can reach you at? Anything? You know, I'm on Facebook. You know, my, you know, the Twitter's probably the best way. Uh, direct message me. You can find me on Facebook. Um, that's probably the best way to reach me. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, very active on facebook and twitter um so at water warrior one find them on facebook um scott any final parting words i would just say execution (laughs) yeah no i I would say you know speaking from my own own experience i know how difficult it is and you know and in these disasters the community please ask for help i mean because mental health is just as important as physical health and the strain and people aren't alone reach out get help if you're feeling especially uh, in any issues. Um, and uh, again, like I started the show, I'll end the show with uh, what that resident in East Palestine was saying about the people coming together is, is unlike anything I've ever seen. And it's made me believe in humanity and we can, we can uh, fix our country too. Let's put our country back on the rail. Let's put the train back on the rails. You know, it doesn't matter what politics are. It doesn't matter. It's all about sustainability of human health. If you don't have human health in communities like East Elm, then nothing else really matters, does it? Nope. None of it. I mean, you can't be right about politics if you're dead from uh, from some chemical poisoning. So, I mean, yeah, 
that's that's hundred percent, man. Um, Scott, man, I really appreciate you coming on tonight. I know uh, this this isn't the, you know the the grandiose uh, you know performance of millions of viewers, but I mean, I do appreciate you coming on and explaining to everybody tonight what you know what you're seeing and what's actually going on, and so. Um, we do appreciate you, man. Well, thanks for having me. In many ways, this is far more important than millions of viewers on three or five minutes because this is about education. This is opportunity to sit down. And I guarantee you, um, because of your podcast, we were probably able to reach people that that were educated and that need help and that cannot reach out for help. So thank you very much. Happy to come on anytime. Awesome, man. Yeah, we'll definitely get you and Kristen together. But I appreciate you, man. Okay. Thanks a lot. Good night. <sighs> Holy shit. Um, that's it's it's far worse than anyone's leading you to believe. Um, obviously, I mean, with all the data that Scott went over with us, um, Kristen says she's a voluntarist. Awesome. Even better. Amazing. Um, and yes, he does deserve massive respect. I mean, the work that he's doing, obviously he's not getting paid for it. I mean, he's he's doing it pro bono. He's out there doing the work. 60, 60 different sites that he's been out there testing, making sure that people, I mean, he's standing by what he's saying, you know, making sure that people are healthy. He's doing it. He's doing the work. He's doing the legwork. He's not just talking about it. He's not sitting on Twitter and just clacking away, you know, talking trash about the EPA or whatever. He's like, look, we've got this work we need to do. We need to get the, the truth to the people. We need to make sure the truth is out there. And he's doing it. He's out there proving what the truth is. So um, that's, God, I, that's, I need therapy now. I need, I'm like, just now? I, before. never before, just now. <laughs> Susie's bullying me. Um <laughs> If you enjoyed the show and you want more content like this, please, please, please go like, subscribe, follow, do all the things. Um, the bigger, and I hate to say this, and it sounds so conceited, but the bigger following that we have, it the easier it is to get really great voices like Scott on these shows and prove that, hey, we can get the word out there. We can show people what the truth is. So do those things. Uh, all of our platforms are right here. Um Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. Like, subscribe, uh, notification bell, do all those things. It helps us so we can get good content that you guys want and need. Um, and that's about all I got. And uh, Susie, you got anything? No, that was amazing. Um, yeah, chemistry at work. I mean, the point of all of it is to be objective, right? Yeah. Objectivity gets rid of politics. Objectivity gets rid of feelings. It's just, this is what needs to happen. Gonna say it by myself. But ladies, gentlemen, uh, that's all I got for you tonight. Um, be healthy. Drink your freaking water, man. Drink water. Like I drink, I drink like seven or eight of these a day. This is like what forty-four ounces. Got it at the. It's forty ounces. Got it at the great. Gas station in the sky, also known as uh, Bucky's. Bucky's. <laughs> I, I had to think. I was I was struggling for a long time. There, I was like, I was delaying until I could remember the name of it. She saved me. Yeah, the Bucies, <laughs> the Bucies. That's gonna piss somebody off. I know I shared this with a lot of Texas people. Um, 
Alan says, drink your mother effing water. But all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, appreciate y'all coming out tonight. Uh, go follow Scott on Twitter. Please go follow Scott because he's got tons of information that he's going to post on there. Um, every week. Every freaking week. Um, and he does it as it happens. So good night, good liberty, and uh, that I got for you, you filthy animals. Peace. I am Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to, to serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we are concerned about the trouble and trying to get responsible one side of news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media Unfortunately, some members of the media use their platforms to push their own personal bias and agenda to control exactly what people think. And this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous.